welcome back to the LCL podcast. Uh, Cooper Allen here, joined by Hayden George, Frank Longo, and Ray Mulville. Bit of a roundtable episode today. Uh, one of the things that Hayden had actually mentioned off air that uh, I'm now really looking forward to talking about is just the idea of what drives us. I know, Ray, when, when you and I kind of first set out um, to start the LCL Collective, we did a bit of an intro episode um, on what is it that we're we're kind of looking to get out of this um, this journey as a whole, but we never really dove deeper into well, what is it? What does it mean to you? Why? What's happened in your life that's led you to wanting to to give back and do this without really any intent of of deriving a, an income source from it? So, uh, especially now that we have uh, two new members of the team since that first intro episode, I think it'd be cool to just kind of chat with with everyone a little bit about. Not just YLCL for them, but in their career, what are the things that that put them to move forward when they wake up and maybe just don't feel like it? And I think we're kind of at that point now through the pandemic where we're all getting a little bit of cap, cabin fever and uh, it's it's easier to make excuses for yourself as to why you can't continue to chase what you want to do. And um, that's not even to knock the people who have been in that position. That's just the reality that that we're living in. And it takes a lot. You really got to be connected with your why and dive deeper uh, to get into uh, to to keep going and and really uh, make the difference that, that you want to make, whether that's in your career, in your personal life, whatever the case may be. So, looking forward to chatting a, a bit about that. To to any one of you, the three of you, maybe want to to kick things off to tap into. Maybe first and foremost, explain a little bit about what it is that you're presently doing, and and then follow that up with. What drives you to do that? What drives you to partake in, in LCL? Maybe some other things you're passionate about? Yeah. You know what? Drive is is such an interesting thing. And the reason why I I was like, yeah, I really want to talk about drive. What drives people is because I recently listened to a podcast episode of um, The Mindset Mentor with Rob Dial. And say what you want about like life coaching and and uh and coaches in general, but he, he brought up a good point. What's the difference between motivation and drive? And there is a, a big distinctive factor. Motivation is fleeting. It can come and go and it can be sparked by nearly anything. Whereas drive is consistent, right? Drive is what's always bringing you to whatever goal it is you set out for yourself. And I got thinking about what drives me. And at the end of the day, I just want to help people, whether it be businesses in terms of you know growing their sales, eventually getting jobs and, and people being employed as a result, or if it's something like this LCL where I could share the you know thousands of hours I've put into learning whatever it is that I'm learning, and now I can share it with people um, in a digestible way. That's kind of what you know on the very surface, without getting like super too deep about it right here and right now. Um, what really drives me and you know that's exciting to me i I can get up in the morning and and say to myself i'm gonna help somebody today regardless if it brings me money regardless if it if it even even brings me joy sometimes i help people and it really sucks (laughs) it's really like a bummer (laughs) whatever it is you're doing but but there's still the gratification at the end of it that you've helped somebody and that they're better off for it and and that's that's what does it for me. Right. And I know I can continue to do that and I can do that at scale in the future. And and that's what I'm really excited for. And that's kind of my goal. I can't, I can't wait for that. 
Yeah, no, and going off that, those are great points too. And it's it, for me, it's about leaving places better than you find it. And I know I've talked about this multiple times and actually in the previous season. Um, it's about, um, you know, what you're passionate about and inspiring others to be their best and leaving a legacy. That's, you know, that's one thing we've talked about a lot is, you know, as much as it seems like we're going to be on this earth forever, um, eventually, you know, we're all going to end up, you know, six feet under and it's about, you know, what are people going to think about you and what are they going to say about you and the stories um, that are going to be told about you as well um, over the course of your life. And it's, you know, to me, it's about inspiring others to be their absolute best. And if you, if you strive for excellence and, you know, others are going to want to, you know, take part of that train and, uh, and jump on and, um, and everyone has their own definition of success um, and what um, they see as fulfillment. Um, but they all kind of have the same type of traits and we can get into that later on in this episode, but it, you know, they all kind of have similar uh, um, responsibilities and how we can get to that success. Yeah, no, definitely Frank. And I mean, even really for myself, like we're, I've grown up with some pretty decent mentors that kind of led me on my path to everything that I've done so far. So it's just kind of giving back to that community. And if I can do that for one person, then that's really what I'm there for. And it's, it's always kind of being that availability to anybody. And I mean, even for myself, like I, I really wasn't projected to be where I am right now, especially coming out of a rural community and very small town where education isn't necessarily always the forefront of things. So it's, it definitely is one of those things. I can, if I can help myself, I can help others. So, I mean, it's, it, that's really the whole reason why I'm doing this right now. What, um, what do you think drives you guys to want to, because the three, the, the thing that's common among the three of you and then with myself as well is this idea of, we're fortunate to have learned what we have learned. And now we want to take what we've learned and share it with, with other people. The other side of that, and this isn't necessarily how I feel, but just to play devil's advocate, could that person not have gone through the exact same learning process as what we went through without our help? So why do you think it is that the four of us are so passionate about helping kind of guide people through that that journey and it's not even that they're necessarily going down the exact same road at a road as us it's just hey we're here on our journey and I, I want you to is it because maybe like you just we want people to feel the way we feel have the um, just a different perspective on life instead of kind of getting caught up in in a never-ending cycle or, or why do you guys think that is it's all perception in my opinion i think it's all like you said perspective um, everyone has their own stories and you can take pieces from each person's story and apply it to your own. Um, and it might just be one saying, one situation or one story um, that might hit home and they can change your whole outlook on a certain situation. Um, and that's what's so great about, you know, humanity and so many different indiv individuals and, um, and, and the, so many different stories is because when you listen to them, um, you know, some hit, more closer to home than others but that's uh, that's the biggest thing for me i think for me it's it's not necessarily that they can't learn this stuff elsewhere they absolutely can and uh, I'm, a, I'm proof of it i learned it somewhere right um i think the biggest thing for me is that it shows whoever may be listening that they're they're not alone in their journey that someone just like them took the same journey or a slightly different one, but they experienced the same things. And, and it's almost, uh, it almost kind of validates 
their journey as well. I know that when I've heard similar stories to how I've been going across my journey, it validated me and it gave me that drive to keep going forward. Right. Whenever I doubted myself and I was like, you can't, you can't do this the way I'm doing it. And then someone's like, yeah, I did it that way. I was like, yeah, I can do this. Right. It kind of, it kind of kept that going. And that, that's kind of what it is for me. Like if I can give back to someone who's going on a similar journey that I'm going on and uh, I can tell them that, Hey, it's possible. Right. Then that's, that's huge for me. And that's what keeps me going. Right. Um, So like a good example is I didn't go to school for marketing. Right. I didn't go to school to be a musician. I was always that underdog. I was always told that without this proper way of doing things, you can't make it. And I took that and I'm like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. And that was my initial driving factor. And then as I go on, I go, well, I've, I've proved them wrong. I'm doing it. So how many people out there are like me? How many people out there are trying to go against the status quo and make something of themselves? I'm sure that I can help at least inspire one of those people to continue doing what they're doing and not give up. And and that's that's kind of what it is for me. That's why I want to give back. And that's why I feel like there's value to doing what we're doing. I think I think you kind of just answered the question I was about to ask Ray. Ray, I think your world your world's an interesting world because I look at Hayden, I look at myself, I look at Frank, and I don't I don't think we're we're following maybe a typical path per se. Uh, but I do think it's more along the lines of normal or closer to it's easier for Hayden to find relatable people, Frank, and, and myself to find relatable people in terms of I didn't go to, in Hayden's case, I didn't go to school, but I want to pursue this. I'm going to learn by myself or Frank and, and you and I are in career paths that maybe we didn't need our degrees for. I think that's a pretty commonplace conversation. Uh, <laughs> Ray, your your conversation is a little bit different because I I could venture a guess that you're probably not out finding like when did you start your first business? Twenty one, not first business, but your your primary business right now. At, at, uh, so yeah, it would have been third year university. So like twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, there's probably not too many other twenty one or twenty two year old entrepreneurs that would take the risk that you took financially to go out and do what it is that you're doing. So my question was going to be the driving force at first, I would imagine was probably less of the, I'm going to do this so that I can give back to my community and maybe more. So I'm going to go blaze a trail, set myself ahead so that I don't fall into this trap that society set out that some people maybe like, but I don't really like that for myself. I'm going to go a different direction. And I understand that, to get the things that other people don't have, I, I need to do the things that others aren't willing to do. Is is that kind of more for you, I guess, less so on being relatable with, with people and, and being vulnerable and helping them through their journey? Was it more for you of kind of blazing a trail and, and being different at first and your mind's now evolved to, well, now that I did it, I want to give back? Or 
what was what was your well, yeah no very much so Coop. i mean when i first started out obviously like <laughs> yeah definitely took a lot bigger risk than what most people normally take when they're starting out in a business but again it's one of those things i i took a bet on myself and really the only person i could be accountable to was myself so in order to grow in order to succeed i had to do what i had to take whether it was balancing my work and school schedule and I obviously there are some tears and some bloodshed obviously through that carrying a workload and that load that I had over time but I mean it's one of those things it's <clears throat> once I've got to this point now where I'm looking back I'm like I don't even know how I did it but I mean here we are I'm happy with that journey I'm very happy with the outcome of it and now it's time to give back because I realistically from when I was going through school I, I wanted a resource that could be relatable to myself where it's like there's got to be somebody else out there that did the thing that I did. And it realistically at the time, there, there wasn't. There, there wasn't that opportunity for me to be like, okay, this guy's operating a multi-million dollar business while going to school. So it, it, that, that's kind of the way that I look at it. And like now that I, I am where I am at, at this point in my stage of my business, it's, it is now time to give back to that and share the story of basically how I came to fruition of this and realistically do anything I can to help young entrepreneurs kind of find that right uh, – step in the right direction and continue forward their own business and their own dreams. Right. Oh, sorry. I was going to say to Ray there, like, I love that point about betting on yourself because that's so important. Like you have, if you, you can't achieve anything if you don't believe in yourself and what you're doing and, um, and how you can accomplish anything that you put your mind to kind of off with Hayden was saying that, you know, why not me and anything is possible. Like really, we only have one life and, and there's so many people who have achieved their wildest dreams. So why can't it be, any one of us for right now. Right. And that's, that's a big thing. But what I was going to ask you too, is when you were going through that stage in university, when you built that business and you said you were going through so much stuff to get to where you are now, you, you don't even know how you, how you're where you are right now. Um, is it like, is it your drive? Is it still, do you still have that drive now or is it more based on habits that you created when that drive was like fresh? Uh, I would honestly say like my, my drive's still there. I mean, honestly, like it's one of those things I wake up and I'm like, okay, like here's what I got to do to get to where I want to be. Like uh, whether it's a month goal, whether it's a year goal, it's really kind of where I want to see myself. So this is what I'm going to have to do to get from point A to point B. I mean, that uh, that is also instilled with my habits. Like, I mean, I, I do have some pretty uh, freakishly habits that is are pretty rituals. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's just <laughs> having that, that form of nature to be able to create myself, to be able to continue to have that drive. So I'm still putting that wood on that fire to be able to keep that drive alive. If, if that makes sense. Your point about motivation, Hayden, versus drive is interesting to me because, yeah, there's, I mean, we, we see it in, in our business being um, primarily event-based. People come out of an event flying, wanting to take over the world, and then two weeks later, it's back to the same old habits. And um, there's a couple of books that talk about that whole idea of it doesn't matter how much new furniture you bring into the house. If you don't get rid of the old furniture, then the new habits aren't going to be able to to kick in. What was the driving factor for you at 21, though, Ray? What was it just kind of was was there something deeper you were connected to or was that just something that because you were raised on the farm with a good work ethic, that's just all you really knew? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's what really kind of drove me at that point was I kind of wanted to create my own legacy and it definitely wasn't going to be for working for a big five firm realistically like sure i i mean i could follow on the path of my aunts and my uncles and continue down that same path but it's at the same time it's like why why do i want to get stuck in that rut 
Like, why not go out and create another big five firm? Like, why not go out and do something different with my life that is going to bring me the same joy that I am, <laughs> am able to do now? Because like, it's like, who who would have thought that running two multi-million dollar businesses at this point and still my, my hobby is farming, <laughs> which takes a lot more work than my other businesses. So it's like... <laughs> To be able to keep that drive and to be able to keep that motivation, like it, it, it realistically, it's just looking back in the past and it's like, okay, what am I going to change to put the mobile name on the map? Really? What's interesting for me is that when we have a conversation like this, you're at the point in your career now where you've, the business says, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's been built because I mean, there's always still, you're always still going to be growing and changing and, and innovating, but you've built your, foundation now financially and have had that business success that to to a level which Hayden and Frank and I have yet to achieve so when we come at this conversation it's very much you're talking in the present tense whereas maybe what would drive say Frank or Hayden like I I always say if, if people knew how I spent the money when I got it then everybody would be my biggest fan <laughs> whereas you're in a position ray where it's like you're you've got the money now you're out doing in in the community so i always speak to in terms of what drives me specifically like i'm not a materialistic guy i don't i don't need a, a big house at all i don't need a fancy car none of that's a, appealing to me at, at all i could live very very minimalistically so the drive to go out and build a business is a couple of things. Hayden, you already mentioned it. When you build a business, I think people miss the most important thing is it's not the income and the luxury and the freedom of time that it provides. It's the opportunity that it creates for others. Because now you're able to employ people who otherwise you might like, well, would have been a cog in the wheel somewhere else. So if I'm going to employ someone to work for me, yeah. I now get to be in the driver's seat over the value in which I can provide to them, the level of self-worth in their career that I can can apply to them, I can determine, I mean, working in a few different jobs, I've seen good company cultures, I've seen mediocre company cultures, I've seen terrible company cultures. And now being the CEO, you can decide what's the culture I want to have here. And, and not even for me, but just what, how do I want people to feel? Can I create a culture within my business that even if I didn't pay them, they'd still show up because they love being around so much because they feel appreciated. And we're talking about growing and winning in, in their life. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that because I don't believe culture comes from the top down. I don't believe culture is created in the C-suite by any means. I actually had this conversation with um, uh, with my, my boss back at Peterbilt and because we were talking about our dealership. And how good of a culture we have. We had, we had amazing culture at that dealership. And it was all because we all worked as a team and we all appreciated each other. And we knew exactly how each one of us benefited the other in terms of how we did our jobs. And that culture wasn't born from the top down because we actually had a year before that a conference with our corporate company who said, this is the culture we're going to have now. They actually they tried to implant a new culture where we would like have these piece notepads where we would write down good things about each other and how anything bad to say about anybody was below the line and all these corporate crap. Anyways, um, so 
but it never stuck. Like we made fun of <laughs> the dealership and that we continued about our own culture. Um, and I, I, I firmly believe that as a CEO, somebody who's running something, creating a culture in your business, you should actually sit down with every single one of your employees and get them to write out a mission statement of what that business is to them, what it means to them to work there and what this company means to them. And then at the end of the day, take all of them. And that's how you derive your company's mission statement from everyone who works there. It's a piece of them. And that's what I believe creates a great culture is understanding at a fundamental level, everybody who works there and what part they bring to the table and appreciating every one of those parts. And I, I think that's super important. And I think that creates drive in, a, in an employee because like a big problem a lot of employers have is how do we create drive in our employees? How do we cr- make them want to go above and beyond and not just bring the bare minimum? And I think that's how you do it is you, you involve them on that level. You involve them on, hey, you yourself, Ray Mulville, you as an employee of this company, change it fundamentally because of what you bring to the table, not just in skills, but in personality, right? You, you, you contribute to the culture. Therefore, you should help define it. Would you, and, say, and I think, Hayden, would you say that's also part of the hiring process then too? Like who into the company as well and making sure they have the same morals and values um, that kind of match um, the mission statement or, or where the company is going in a sense, because like that's, I think that's massive. Yeah. You can't create drive if they're already there and they don't have it, mm-hmm. about who you bring in to create that culture. Yeah. So absolutely. So when you're hiring somebody, you, well, it's not that you like try to like make them fit a mold, right. That you've created. Like we had that, we had a conversation in the last episode we just created, we just recorded um, about you know how people fit in the molds and how it doesn't quite work and what it is though is is a guiding compass right every single person in that company wrote that mission statement so what the company stands for is what everyone stands for so you can use it as a guiding compass as a guidelines of hey does this person kind of mesh well with this not do they fit to a t but do they mesh well with this will they contribute to this on a, in a good way but absolutely it's involved in the hiring process as well and you know in the hiring process you can say hey what does this company mean to you if you're going to work here and and get that knowledge up front yeah. and and you know if it if it means a specific thing to them it's almost a better question than what do you see your goal is in five years here rather than that what does it mean to work here for you yeah we talked right. about the last episode right that or or a couple episodes ago, it was how important the questions are that are asked during the interview process. Because, you know, some of them are just so irrelevant as others, you know, you get to the point, you actually pinpoint exactly um, what you're looking for and what the uh, what the person who's getting interviewed is looking for as well. So it's very important. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's the big thing, too. I mean, in the comment about culture not coming from the C-suite, I guess it depends on who's, whose lens you're you're speaking from right i mean if if for me if i know that if i'm going to work for an organization then i'm not going there to just become a cog in the wheel there and fit within their culture like you said i'm going to use the culture as as a guide but i'm going to add my flair to it no different than i could imagine that that the team you're coaching right now frank 
their blueprint in terms of their values maybe i don't want to say aren't aligned with yours per se but i i would imagine that it's not like you walked into the hiring interview and they had that in place at the c-suite level in terms of here's everything we want to do they probably maybe had general things of here's the type of outcome we want at the end of the year but the values driven approach and the way in which you go about implementing that versus the way maybe a previous coach would have or other coaches in, in the organization implement it i think there's like there's a few core bullet points i feel like people got to hit when it comes to culture yeah. and then how they go about implementing that creates a much broader web and looks differently to to everyone so i would i would agree with the comment of doesn't come from the c-suite in, in the sense of everybody's going to have a different take on what a mission statement means or a different take on what value looks like but there definitely needs to be alignment on a few key points 100 so how much of the conversation because i find there's a lot of and maybe it's just as a result of the space that we're now in but i find i'm having quite a few conversations with people where they just want to help and how, how much of that do you guys think comes from the attitude of the new generation and realizing that maybe we're in this system right now where for the first time in human history, our next generation of people, financially and mental health wise, statistically speaking, is going to be worse off than a previous generation. And this idea that Huh, we look at what our parents just did, which is work 40 hours a week for 40 years to live on 40% of what they couldn't afford to live on before, to not get any sort of value or fulfillment out of their job, to live paycheck to paycheck, to not feel like they're making a difference, making a contribution. And you have this next generation of people looking going, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's not right. Yeah. It's not for me. You know what? Screw that. I, I think it's something unique to specifically millennials and and don't a lot of people are like stop hating no millennials I, i'm a millennial i i know i'm not hating on you I'm, I'm i'm about to bring up some really good points about millennials here is that millennials were the first generation that really got screwed by the sense of you got to go to college you gotta you gotta get a job you gotta you gotta do all this stuff and we did that and then nothing was there for us right like we were just like what now and they're like tough luck and really like you made us spend 100 grand and we have nothing what do we do now and now a lot of us a lot of the like even the younger millennials are starting to hit their late 20s and most of the millennials are in their 30s and almost pushing towards 40s they've navigated it they've figured it out so now they're going well i figured it out and i don't want the next generation to be in that sense um i don't want them to have to go through this and so you'll find a lot of the people in the millennial generation going I got to help the next generation because guess what? The old generations don't care. Right. And we've been through it. So now that we've been through the ringer, we may not have all the answers. But we have some of them and we're going to share them. Right. We're not going to keep them secret. Like, like anyone else we're, we're, we're giving it away. Do you and think we're, they, do you think that they don't care or do you think that they don't realize that the, that way doesn't work anymore? I think it's a bit of both. Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. And it's not that they don't care. If you ask any person who's older than a millennial, like Gen X or, Gen, or you know, baby boomers or whatever, you ask them one on one and they'll tell you they care. And they probably aren't lying to you. They're probably being genuine. 
but uh, as a whole the way they've set up their their society the way they've set up their their systems and their corporations and everything it's they they are a product of what happened if you look at corporations in the 80s they were it was all about cutthroat personality driven bullshit and it was not it was very dog eat dog there wasn't anything to do with teams like you if you had somebody who was doing better than you you either cut them down and took their place or you just lived under them forever and it that's the way it was and even though they may think that's not how i am at a subconscious level being in that industry and being in that that kind of aura almost their entire lives they almost subconsciously say it to everybody. So when when they tell you, oh, you should go to college and get a job, what they're saying is, I went to college and got a job. Hope you do too. <laughs> right? And it's it's coming from a good place, but also it's it's not coming uh, like when you when you come back and say, Hey, I went to college and I couldn't get a job, they're like, That sucks, man. Worked for me. Sorry. Right. And that's the the, the don't care half of it, where there's like, well, it sucks. Do you do you think this pandemic also created a shift in regards to our generation and wanting to help based on everything that's been going on and how a lot of people have been suffering in, in many different aspects of life and um and like nothing's safe like i think this pandemic has proved even to you know the older generations that even job security isn't even a thing anymore like um so why not it was already a myth that just like <laughs> just sped it up yeah no but, but yeah i don't, I don't with it, right? like over the last i don't understand years, it I don't understand how they just now realize that things could be taken away. I don't under, I don't get it because 2008 was only wasn't long ago. It was like 12 years ago, 13 years ago. The whole world collapsed. <laughs> Everyone lost their job. <laughs> Senior level people, C-suite people were at entry level positions. Everything got taken away. And you're telling me it only took 13 years to forget that lesson. Yeah, well, yeah, even with the degrees too, right? Like, if you get a university degree, like, there's no jobs right now. Like, a lot of a lot of individuals are, are suffering to even try to find a position anywhere that's you know equivalent to what they went to school for, the amount of money and time they put in. Like, just like you were going off um, earlier in this in this episode, like it's like life is just too unpredictable, and it's you know that's why you have to live it day by day and and figure out exactly what you want to do and and go for it because you can't just live in a live in a comfortable state because you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable that's the only way to achieve what you want to achieve absolutely and like as far as the pandemic goes like i don't know if you guys subscribe to linkedin premium uh i'm a i'm a linkedin premium member and when you do that you can actually get stats on who's applying for what jobs right so when you're i'm looking at marketing jobs i'm seeing a lot of executive level people applying to entry-level positions and what that tells me is that one there's a distinct lack of jobs in the market and I mean, it could be the time of year, springtime. Usually there's a lot more jobs to go around in the marketing industry. But uh, the other thing I'm, I'm seeing is the fact that your your degree and your, you know, you in your your level of experience don't really go as far as it used to. And you really have to it's not as much about it as how much experience do you have or how much, like, you know, schooling knowledge do you have and more about, you know, what do you bring to the table that's different from somebody else? Right. And I, I think that's something the old generations don't understand is that they came from a place where everything was very cookie cutter. Everybody was the same. You just did your job better than the next person and you got and you got the promotion. Whereas now it's not about am I a better marketer than um, Frank? Right. It's not about that. It's about 
what does Hayden uniquely bring to the table, right? What is his personalities like? What are his core values? What, what they're, they're taking these things into considerations now. And you, you find a lot of people who are on those like higher levels. The reason why they're applying to entry level positions is because they don't have that personality. They don't have those core values. They, they come from an older generation who doesn't care. And they're getting ousted from their jobs for people who do care. And the pandemic really sped that up because in order to be successful in this pandemic, you have to be compassionate. You have to have empathy. You have to understand that people are going through a hard time. And if you don't understand that, you get shit down to the bottom because <laughs> you need somebody who cares here. Or else public image is important these days. And and that's that's what I'm seeing. And um, I think the pandemics really showed a lot of people, a lot of sh- it didn't really like I don't think it pulled the rug under as many people as, you know, the 2008 crisis, the financial crisis. But I think it really showed Wait. a lot of people's true colors. Yeah, there's one there's one book that I read a while ago, and I have the quote right here because I think it's perfect for this. Uh, this episode it goes off with what you're saying about, you know, creating that meaning in your life. And it can be in any aspect in any job. And the quote is, the way you get meaning into your life is to devote yourself to loving others, devote yourself to your community around you, and devote yourself to creating something that gives, your, gives you purpose and meaning. And I think that's, that can be like in so many different realms of life, like in a, in a business, like how you devote yourself to the community around your business or to the actual culture of your business, you know, how you love your employees, the others that you work with, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then that's how you're going to create something bigger than yourself. And that's, and that's ultimately how you know, you're going to find these positions and have success or that business is going to have that success too. Right. And I think that's a, that's a massive, like when I read that quote, I, I wrote that down years ago and I just brought it up now because um, I think it's so, uh, so perfect in, in a lot of uh, aspects. So, I think the thing that, that really drives me and cause like I said, the, the, the pandemic really to me, all it's done is highlight what was already going on in society take all the issues that were kind of we pushed off to the side and and really brought it to the forefront and for me it's just about like because this thing's going to get worse before it gets better yeah we're going to get to the end of quarter one 2021 in the year where things were going to turn around and companies are going to look at their balance sheet and look and go wow we sucked this quarter financially and we're now strapped they're looking at their sheet going yeah we're strapped with resources we've made every possible cut that we could we have no other choice than to lay people off so now people are going to be allowed to go back to work but have nothing to go back to because these layoffs are going to come eventually the tap's going to run dry the government's not going to be able to keep giving out money and like it's going to get a lot worse especially financially before it gets better so Maybe everyone right now is dealing with the mental effects of needing to stay home, not having the socialization. Pretty quickly, they're going to have to start dealing with the financial effects as well, which is just going to be added stress on mental health. So it's it's a scary world we're living in. And I think that's why I've amped up my energy a lot yeah, this year. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's driven me too. Like to take the conversation back to drive. That's driven me. The fact that things are going to get bad things are bad now things were bad a year ago and to be able to have the power even in a small capacity to change that to change one person's life to make it better right sure there's billions of people in the world right now that really need help but 
I'm one person. And if I can change one person's life, that's huge. And that drives me. And that, and that's what I said at the beginning of the episode, helping people is what drives me because like you just said, things are going to get super, super bad. And I don't want that for anybody. So I get up every and morning if we, and I go, today's the day I help someone. Do you see this as an opportunity to also like get ahead? Like a lot of people took this pandemic as, especially in the beginning, like as a vacation, it was a break, like, you know, this is a time off. Like they thought this was going to be a, you know, a short term thing. And how I know we all view it, viewed it is that like, this is a chance to really separate yourself. This is a chance to really find out what you want to do, where you want to go. And just go all like, I wish I could swear on this, but all in <laughs> on this, <laughs> like, you know, like, like just like just go for it. Like, what do you have to lose? Because if you don't, if you don't do it, you're losing anyways. If you don't go all in and what you want to like, what you want to accomplish, like, what are you, yeah. what are you waiting for? This is like almost this was like a kick to the ass. Like, just get mm-hmm. going. Like, this is what you need to do. This is what you want to do, and don't fucking stop. I know I just said it now, but screw it. But like, you know what I mean? Like, just go for it. So. Yeah. 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 No. You, well, you can. That's that's. That could be that right? You you can hear the passion too as you kind of ramp up and start talking about it. And I think for me, it's not as much of a drive of here's my opportunity to to get ahead. It's the drive of everything that I've learned and have wanted to somehow pass along to people but have been unsure as to how, because when I start talking about things related to business or self-development, people look at me like I've got six heads. When I start talking about, hey, I didn't take this traditional job over here because it was going to handcuff my ability to be happy. It was going to handcuff my ability to serve people. And people looked at me like I was crazy. We're now at the beginning of the pandemic, the same people that said to me, wow, you're so fortunate to be in a position where you can control your life. Oh, facts. That's- Re- really? Because because that was a choice. That's the thing that I've been been preaching. So now what I'm driven by is now that a lot of people are, it's that old adage of you can't say the right thing to the wrong person. And now people are more willing to, to look at things from a different perspective, more willing to get out of like, go against the grain, think a little bit differently. And the world we're in needs a revolution. And I've always wanted to be a part of that. And I never really knew how, like I couldn't, for me, the idea of the revolution is coming was 10, 20 years down the road. I knew it was going to come. And I wanted to be successful in my business life and have control of time and money so that I could be a part of that revolution because that was my headspace of look at what Gary Vee's doing. <coughs> Very successful business-wise, but also like doing it with gratitude and with grace. And I wanted to be able to be a part of that movement. But I figured that that was going to be a lifetime movement, which it will be. It's just it's not a lifetime of working for it to be successful for the last five years. Like the time to be successful in that movement is the next four years. Just like the last opportunity was 2008 to 2012 to rebuild it the way we wanted to rebuild society. The the time for that is is right now because people are are ready to to have that conversation. And that's what drives me to want to give back. We have this conversation about giving back is that 
there's a lot of people that still aren't maybe not maybe it's not even that they're not ready to have the conversation it's just they were raised in an environment like me where i wasn't taught about the things that i know now it took a lot of self-discovery a lot of personal development a lot of putting myself out there to even realize that the path that i'm on now was even an option before it was just go to university or you're dumb spend the money or you're dumb take the job or you're dumb follow the system that's inherently broken or you're dumb. Exactly. That's it. And and now I've realized, wow, there's more option out there and that we as a world don't have to write off 80% of the people and that if they just did X, Y, Z and came on this entrepreneurial journey with us that they don't have to live a life where they're just upset. So that's that's part of what drives me. And then the other part of it is looking back to the source of somewhere along the line Somebody within our family tree immigrated to where we're living. They made a sacrifice to come to a free country to have some certain liberties for us to, to live a better life. Somewhere along the line, somebody within our family served in the military to fight for freedoms. Somewhere along the line, so many people in our ancestry made sacrifices for what? For us to make 50 grand a year being in a job that we hate? <laughs> so true. Or, or did they make the sacrifice so that we could go out, be successful? And what does success mean? Success doesn't, is that $100 million or is that 100 million people helped? Right? So that's, that's to success me. Means, are you happy? Yeah. If I, well, if I, if I make a sacrifice today for future generations, first and foremost, any sacrifice that I ever make today in terms of my time, my money, my anything is not going to compare to what anybody in previous generations had to go through with world wars and immigration, just complete mess. But any sacrifice I make today, I hope that I make it so that future generations within my bloodline and the people I've impacted have the resources to allow people to think freely and make their own decisions and not get caught up in the, if you don't have this certain grade point average, you're an idiot and can't contribute anything to the world. That's, that's what drives me quite honestly is like what I do has nothing to do with financial services and everything to do with trying to change the thinking of people because money is a mindset, coaching Frank is a mindset, Hayden marketing is a mindset and this whole idea of, well, let's just do it this way because it's always worked. Look at the pipeline guys. <laughs> like what? It's, it's not it's not sustainable. We can't graduate kids with 100 grand student debt, expect them to pay freaking starter home in Barrie where you and I are Hayden's a half a million bucks. So I'm going to come out I'm with 100 grand right debt now. and then buy a half a million yeah. dollar home. And I'm now 24 years old with six hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, that's ridiculous. to then have my piece of paper, get me a job that pays me 50 grand a year. You're not even happy. Yeah. So <laughs> and now I'm just I'm caught in this cycle. Of what? I don't even I don't even have time. I'm too stressed out to make a difference for people. How how can I be happy if I'm in an environment where people around me are complaining and the reason people around me are complaining is because they're in the same situation that I'm in. So I look and I gotta complain. So that's just the the whole drive for me is there's gotta be a better way. And now that I've got a glimpse of what that better way looks like and I'm I'm creating that path for myself, I don't think everybody needs to follow my path. But I do know that if, like you said, Frank, we only have one life and 
if you are going to live that life, you d- at least deserve to know that there's another option. Or do it on your own terms, right? Like do it, do what you like, what you feel is fulfilling for you. And everyone has their own definition of fulfillment as well, right? And one question I was going to ask you guys too is, um, like you said, money's a mindset. Even if you made millions and millions of dollars, do you really want to just leave all that money for your children just for them to never really feel fulfilled that they achieve their own success? Or would you want, want to give them the lessons to achieve their own fulfillment? And what, like, show them the lessons that you learned to become that success, to become at that point, if that's money, if that's whatever it is, like that's just an example. But would you rather leave that legacy with your children or friends or the circle around you and leave everything on the table. Like you don't want to die with any secrets. Like you want to, you want to explain everything that made you who you are and where it got you and, you know, give those. So I think that's way more valuable than just handing things out. Like happiness is only real when it's shared. Mm -hmm. You just, I think you just described Frank, why we're starting to see the switch is because previous era eras, you did die with a lot of secrets because the key to success in the kind of the older world was the more information you had, the more successful you were, the greater your position of power because of information. We're not there anymore. All, All four of us, no matter how hard we work, how smart we are, how much school we have, everything is five seconds away. Yep. So I think to wrap this up, I think to sum everything we just said is goodbye information era. Hello, value era. Just that's it. We're in a new era. And, you know, that's how do we how do we pioneer it? How do we make sure that it sticks? Like, for example, Ray, with your with your businesses, when you know the time comes and you have children, God willing, like. Are you, do, you, do you want to give them your businesses and just kind of follow in your footsteps? Or do you want to give them the tools of those late nights when you're in university um, and you were struggling, you said, and you know the adversity you had to face and all the blood, sweat, and tears? Like, do you want to sh- explain those stories and how you built what you built and then help them achieve and build what they want to build? If that's a different business, if that's anything in life, like that, like is it more about you giving them those powerful lessons or is it more just kind of like, I built this. I want to keep this in the family and, you know, take over. No, I mean, <clears throat> definitely it's more about the lessons. I mean, like the nothing is, is more valuable than the form of education. It doesn't matter whether it's business or, or formal. So, I mean, even from that too, like it's, I don't want to just give somebody and be like, here, here's my baby, take it and go. It's, it's simply just, here's what I did to get here. Here's what you're going to do to grow your own business to start this out. Or if you, you want to follow my footsteps, that's fine. But here's where here's a work ethic that you're gonna have to do to put the time in to get there. So I mean that that's kind of the way I look at it. It might be a little bit of a, a dick move to be like, here, work for it rather than just give it to them. But I grew up with that. It's tough love. <laughs> the only way to learn is to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's well, it's a it's a much different conversation when you're talking about generational wealth. And I mean, we could have a whole episode on this just around parenting and that whole attitude of our kids need to learn the same lessons while our kids need to learn the same lessons is going to hurt a lot more in new age if you don't have the financial resources to bail them out because they learn the lesson is no longer a quick lesson and then you go back and you find your career it's a oh that's a hundred thousand dollar lesson and there's no jobs available for me really that's going to help me pay that back yeah so it's yeah it's a much different conversation i think that's an episode in and of itself for sure but 
I think really ultimately what I enjoy about these types of conversations is it's changing the direction, hopefully for, we talk about if, if one person, we, if we can help one person, it's a win. Same thing for me. It's like, if we can, if one person thinks a little bit differently, maybe goes on their own journey, starts that business that they weren't going to start or scales a business in, in a way, or has a challenging conversation with a family member or just starts asking more important questions of the people in their circle or seeks out new people in their life that want to talk about growing and winning and improving. That to me is, is a win because I think the conversation to be had and, and what you guys have made abundantly clear is that the world is full of takers and the direction needs to shift. We need some givers. And the only way to be able to give is what can you give? You can give your love, you can give your time, you can give your money. Well, we can control all those things. Some of them take a little bit longer than others to buy your time back and, and to accumulate money, but we can all kind of give and give and share love. So that would be my call to action to people. And my, my drive is, is wanting to be able to buy my time back so that I can do what I want when I want how I want it. Because what I want when I want how I want it is the ability to give my love, my money, and my opportunities to to everybody around me. So being a giver in, in a world of, of takers, I would say, is the biggest thing that's important and, and a great way to to summarize a lot of your guys' thoughts. Is there anything you guys want to wrap up with that at all? We should definitely make an episode about creating and maintaining relationships. I think that would be a, a great topic to discuss, and we can definitely do that for sure. Just kind of got that, that kind of airdropped in my, uh, in my brain right there so <laughs> absolutely uh yeah i think whoever's listening to this i hope you get real introspective and think about the things that drive you to be the person that you are and think about the person that you want to be and 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 find that drive and embrace it because that's that's something that a lot of people don't have and is not that difficult to get but changes your life And I find a lot of people aren't Absolutely. don't get an introspective enough about that. For sure. Yeah. And if there's anything that, that the four of us said today um, that you completely agree with, let us know if it's something you disagree with. Definitely want to hear that opinion too. Um, that definitely helps add, uh, add some spice to the conversation. So be sure to reach out to us at any time. That wraps up another great episode of the LCL Collective Podcast. Really appreciate you folks listening and be sure to follow us if you're not already on socials at the LCL Collective. If you have any questions for us, feedback, topics you'd like to see covered, et cetera, et cetera, then send us a message anytime or email dlclcollective at gmail.com. See you folks next week and uh, really hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the best.